This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Southern Magnolia Smiles, a locally owned and operated dental office right here on Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs. Dr. Robbie Williams and his friendly staff provide convenient and quality dental care in a comfortable environment. Their number one goal is to make your experience an exceptional one by providing efficient and financially manageable treatment options just for you. Be sure to check them out on their website at southernmagnoliasmiles.com or reach out to them by giving them a like on their Facebook page or following them on their Instagram account. Now, let's jump into the episode. What's up, everybody? It's the Brown Water Banter Podcast. I am Jared Seymour. This is Joey Cates hanging out. And man, What's we got up? a crew in here today. Yeah. Uh, such a large crew that we're actually in the uh, the big room. Uh, so we had to slide over. We brought the Pelican in here to keep it real. But yep. uh, we got the guys from Speckled Truth. And uh, I'm going to let each one of y'all go uh, around the horn here and just introduce yourselves. I'm uh, Keith Morrison. Okay. Kyle Johnson. Chris Bush. Edward Crumb. <laughs> All right, guys. We're sharing a mic. Um, yeah. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording, man. I've been stalking y'all online for a while now. Anybody that's into uh, fishing, especially specifically speckled trout fishing. Big speckled trout. Exactly. Yeah. If you, <laughs> Big speckled trout. If you have yeah. an Instagram account and you haven't checked these guys out, you're, you're missing out like 100%. You need to go in there, look them up, and uh, man, I'm talking massive trout. So um, what I want to know is like, how did y'all get started? Why did y'all start it? Like, what's the story behind Speckled Truth? Yeah, so I'll go first, uh, mainly because it really started with me uh, to some extent. Um, back in 2013, I started writing a blog. It was called The Speckled Truth. And so uh, throughout the course of my tenure in terms of just targeting fish, um, I'd really just kind of found this love for not only speckled trout throughout the course of my life, but really when I moved here, it was really the big speckled trout. And so I've had kind of encounters in past and in, in kind of my upbringing fishing Louisiana Delta, but it wasn't really until I moved to Biloxi and I'm in the Air Force. And so when we got stationed here from 2009 to 2013, um, I, I specifically started targeting big fish here in the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And so when I moved to Texas, San Antonio, the first time in 13, that's when I really started the Speckle Truth blog. And so we had kind of, well, let me rephrase that. I knew, I had known kyle because we were kind of we had acquaintances more or less and we had kind of started uh following each other on bull nettle news and then ed crumb staying coastal was one of the ogs and and so we we kind of just developed this kind of friendship and so when i started my blog when i moved to texas these two guys it just the friendship kind of morphed into hey we can maybe do something a little bit more with regards to uh, teaching people how to target trophy trout, but not only that, more so teaching them more about conservation. That's really our big thing is we're, we're a brand ab about big trout, how to target them, but mostly about how to take care of them because right. we love that resource so much, yeah. man. And so that's really how it started. It, it, it started from, like I said, a piddly old blog to all of a sudden we became a brand that's really kind of affiliated with big trophy speckled trout but not only that but how to take care of them no doubt absolutely um you said you started with the blog uh i've read a couple of those man you you do very well writing like what's your background there i mean did you were you a Had writer in any capacity before <laughs> or this is just something so, you just, just did i'm from southeast louisiana and yeah. i can barely string two sentences together no no no, no. I've, I've read it that, that's Dude, not the case you're, you're over you got a good editor then you got a good editor or your wife's writing them for you or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know what it is a lot of spell check yeah you will <laughs> or like yeah. in high school when you pay somebody to write yeah. the, the the paper for you so i'll say this i mean whenever you're passionate about anything mm -hmm. and you kind of express really anything that comes from the heart 
it just becomes a little bit easier. And yeah. so I think throughout the course of the writing process, I just threw a bunch of stuff out there in terms of sentences. It was terrible. Um, but on the same token is over the course of the time, I started to develop some connections more specifically, and in, in Kyle knows uh, specifically, but Captain Mike McBride out of the Lower Laguna Madre, he wrote for the Texas Saltwater Fish Magazine for a long time. Lower coast legend, man. I mean, legend. But not only that, this dude's like the modern day Hemingway. I mean, he can- Best storyteller. Really? really? If you haven't read any of his stories, you need to. Yeah, yeah. I'm Ridiculous. Check that out. And so uh, my dad and I had actually taken a charter with him when uh, we just moved to Texas. And we just struck up a friendship. And actually, he started reading a blog when it was a blog. And he was like, Chris, you got some talent there. And over the course of his writing tenure, he started to kind of share some techniques and some tips and how to be more of a storyteller. And so if you read a lot of his stuff now that you've read some of mine, Mm -hmm. you'll see some correlation there because I've taken basically what he said to heart and try to be more of a storyteller. And so what the industry, I think, and what we feel it does to some extent is it monetizes the fishery so much. And when you actually read an article, it's more so like a gimmicky, like trying to sell you on something as opposed to like the articles we write are more so about the experience and and there's, there's value in terms of what we're seeing in technique and things that we're using there. That is more of a learning point than anything. And, and honestly, as a reader, it's even more digestible because it's actually hopefully a pretty good story. And so by the time you're done reading a story, like, hey, I learned a thing or two about targeting big fish. But not only that, like, <laughs> that was actually a really good story. And so it felt like it was there. I was somewhere else. And so that's kind of how it all kind of developed in terms of writing and and that type of stuff. So it's pretty cool. It definitely, it comes across. What year was that when you started the blog? 2013. Okay. Okay. And I, I said this in, in me and his podcast. So uh-huh. what he's not telling you <laughs> is that when he started this blog, it was the ugliest website you've <laughs> okay. ever seen Good. in your life. I like the origin it part was, of uh, it. Yeah. I mean, I know y'all got brown in your logo, uh-huh. but he had a doo-doo brown <laughs> background. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is a great blog, but God, this website is yeah. horrible. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> Brown's not my favorite color, but like the pitch on the on the on the name was, you know, our water out here is not beautiful as far yeah. as the color goes, and so that's the play on that. But yeah, I did look at that, and I'm like, you know, we picked kind of a <laughs> dingy color. No, but it, it we gonna roll low. with it. it yeah, works. you got brown pelicans, right? Yeah, right. Gonna, I couldn't get it because I was like, man, these stories are so awesome. This dude's such a good writer. And I was like, why brown? Right. <laughs> why brown and for the speckled drought? It was yeah. neutral. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, earth tone. The, the website is definitely uh, up to scale now. Again, I've been on it. It looks great. Y'all got yeah. some good photos on there. Um, so let me, let me, it's about yeah. to get a lot better. Let, okay. Let me stop there because that's where I think the rest of the team comes into play. And so Edward and I, we kind of known each other through again, Bull Nettle, same with KJ. And then Keith was kind of one of the OG followers uh, of the Speckled Truth, but it wasn't in, until I moved to Florida, which was in 2016, because I'd been writing it for three years and kind of creating the content and had started the Facebook page and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and so our relationship, me and, and Kyle, that's when he's like, "Dude, imagery is like everything, yeah. and like you catch a you know some good fish, and I think if you had better pictures or better picture quality and stuff like that, and so like." The reason it's up to par yeah. now is because of really this guy. And then not only that, the reason the brand has grown so much is because of the other two dudes 
that are on the external because they care about it. All three of us, actually all four of us, but the other three, right? Dude, this is their this is their company, man. This is their brand as much as it is mine, and that's why it's hard to kind of answer the question. Yeah, it started with me, but on the same token, is that's why all four of us are here is because it's our brand, dude, and, and we carry the same message, and so we do different things for more or less the, the brand itself and the company. Uh, I love awesome. that. Like y'all showed up four deep. Everybody's got, you know, the swag on. It's like repping. a gang, man. Everybody's yeah. repping. My, minus me. <laughs> no, you got <laughs> yeah, the, actually, no, the no. hat ain't it. No, the Texas <laughs> Custom Blue. And you got right. the Corky, though. You got the Corky. Which also is in our brand. But oh, it's damn. one of our brand. It's yeah. actually one of our podcast right. sponsors. So uh, Custom Corky and Texas Custom Lures. Um, I forgot what's... Oh, with the, we're talking about with the imagery, though. So there's something about a huge speckled trout that can catch the eyes and the appeal that maybe say like a woman in a bikini can do it has that same kind of allure on the internet right no. i mean that there's yeah but also at the same time you can take a huge speckled trout and you do it at the right wrong angle or something and right. you, don't, you don't give that fish justice yeah. correct we all know everybody you know long arms the fish and, hands. yeah well some people take it to an extreme but a lot of things that people don't understand with the angles is you sometimes you have to depending on your lens or or whatever but sometimes you got to push it out there a little more to mm -hmm. give it justice but i just chris i was like man you know it's all changed now since all this started so back when when i got on board with all this you know it was high quality photos was king now right. now videos king yeah absolutely so back then it was like he was kind of behind the curve on that so i was like I had a blog too, and I started mine because of him. And mine was more just it was it was everything of fishing, every type of fish, and it was more for the beginner, not for the advanced person. And I stopped doing it because I just kind of got tired of it. I wasn't a charter captain. There was really I, it's a I lot started, of work. To I started to see no like point. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was no there was no point in me doing it. So I was just like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all that away. And I'll just I'll just jump on board with speckled truth, and I'll help you, you know, elevate it, you know, just give you advice or whatever. What's your background? I mean, how how did you know all this kind of stuff with as far as imagery goes, and how to do that? Are uh, you are you in that business outside of this? Yeah, okay. I am a little bit. So uh, my dad was a photographer. Okay. Uh, he did that when he was in college, and I learned a lot from him. And then I uh, I I was friends with this chick for a while, Heather Rafferty. Well, not for a while. We still are. A long time ago. <laughs> still uh, Heather Rafferty. Big shout think, out to Heather. She's still yeah. friends. Yeah, I think she's one of the best photographers on the coast. Okay. Like, she's really good. And when we were friends, she wasn't a photographer. But then, you know, everybody goes their separate ways. And I started getting into photography. I just always, it was one of those things. I was like, man, I really want to be good at that, you know? Yeah. And I got a camera from my mom. She gave me a Canon and okay. she was like, here, you can just have it. I don't, I don't use it. And then I reached out to Heather and I was like, well, how do I do this? You know? And she taught me all the like camera aspect, but as far as like what they call the eye, I guess I kind of already had that because right. I'd be, yeah. I'd be sending Heather these pictures and she'd be breaking it down. Like, it's so awesome how you did this because of that. And I'm like, I just thought it looked cool. Right. You know? I just and she picture. was like, well, you're lucky because it just came natural. Yeah. And I just kept going and just kept researching. And, and through her, she really helped push me to the, to the point to where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting pretty decent at this. And then dude, honestly, just a shit ton of YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've learned all, all this crap. Before, dude, man. I'm it's telling you, thing. like there's people out there that are really good at teaching. And that's, that's all I do. If I'm, if I'm watching a YouTube video, I'm learning something. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's Absolutely. what I like to use the internet for. I mean, of course everybody's on Facebook and stuff, right. but 
if if I'm watching a video, I'm learning. But that's how I did that. And then I started a little company uh, a couple of years ago called Operculum Media. Y'all know what the uh, operculum is? Mm-mm. No clue, huh? No. So that's the gill plate of a fish. Okay. It's called the operculum, right? And I wanted something kind of unique. And, and I like that, but then I realized nobody knows how to pronounce it because <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, apoculum, apoculum, right. and I'm like, sure. apoculum, like, what the hell is that? And I tell them, like, oh, okay, I yeah. get it. But um, I was in the, I'm in the Army, and uh, I'm actually, I got two weeks left. Actually, I'm about to get out. I did okay. 11 years. But um, mm. I was nice. in the Army, and I was doing that, and I was having to, like, turn down a lot of work because I didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. got a family, got two kids. Yeah. But um, – uh, but yeah, that was the answer to your question about, do I do that? I did, I did it on the side, but I'm actually about to start pushing a little more. I got some stuff I'm doing for custom Corky. I'm doing some videos for them and I've done some videos for some other fishing companies and it's something I'm going to push a lot more when I get out of the army. Is along, he going to be, try to do it full time or is it, or you got some, I'm a charter full time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I started chartering this past year. Is that, are, you, are y'all all in Louisiana now, right? Is that correct? No, Texas. I live here. No. Okay, sweet. Yeah. All right. That's nice. the uniqueness about nice. <laughs> solid. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. the uniqueness about Speckled Truth is that we are from all different parts. So I live in Texas now in San Antonio. Ed lives in Van Cleef. Sweet. Hey, you're yeah, right you're right by, by us, man. Yeah. <laughs> Keith. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in uh, Gainesville or right outside of Gainesville, Florida, right now. Oh, man, so y'all got y'all got it covered. Yeah, y'all got it covered. Coast. Yeah, I like that. It can be a little bit of a pain in the butt though, and actually, if we were closer together, we'd be able to like just absolutely murder the content but right the, the unfortunate part about it is man we're operating you know a thousand miles apart from each other other than these two and so that's the crazy part about this whole endeavor is that we've been able to kind of keep it going but man we've done it a lot yeah. via yeah. text group text and chat and and obviously the B- biloxi boat show is one of the, the the main things that we do every year that actually brings all four of us together so for all four of us to sit in a room yeah, it's like that's cool. It's awesome. That's why like Old Bluxy Filling Station and Crawfish Nachos is so important to us, man. Because yes. that's where we like actually all four of us look each other in the eye and like, okay, where are we going with this thing? Right, you know, and talk about that. Hash it all up. Right, we definitely got to cool. talk about uh, big speckle trout and how to catch them here in a second. But I kind of want to stick on the brand for just a little bit. Like, where did y'all? Where did you? Was this a natural development, like learning how to create content and learning like video is king and stuff like now? Are you, are you follow people online that are doing that? I mean, is there anybody in the space that you kind of model after? Or are y'all learning as you go? So I'll, I'll answer that. So that, that's why I jumped on board was, uh, you know, like a, a good doctor, all he's going to do is be a doctor. Right. 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 So so Chris is, is coming up with the content and then we all decide on these things, but I kind of keep up with all that, like the whole like media side of it, like yeah. what we need to be doing, how yeah. we need to be doing it. And that that's why it's it's a huge team now. Like Ed, Ed's the product guy. Like yep. everything he, product wise, like shipping. he doesn't. I, do, I don't do anything with that. I don't even know. People ask me the prices of things. I'm like, I have no idea. Are you talking about <laughs> y'all's merchandise? Yes. Right? You, the hats. You, okay. That hat's everywhere now, right? Yes. Yeah. That must be, is that a new one? Yeah, that's yeah, a new one. Okay. Yeah, the newer brand. Yeah, that's usually the one. You, you see, see this right one everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And I love it. So, it's kind of funny because we we kind of like I don't want to be in the limelight for Speckled Truth. Like I love it, I'm passionate about it. But you, like you said, you see these hats everywhere. All so I'll be at a boat ramp. People don't know who I am, right? You yeah. know, and and I'm like I'm like, hey man, Speckled Truth. Like, yeah, man, I love that stuff. I'm like, yeah, them guys are pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, they, <are. laughs> yeah. they don't they don't exactly. know it's us, but. Ed, Ed can tell you about the product stuff. I mean, he comes up with yeah, a lot. Of, he absolutely. comes up with the hat designs. No I mean, shit. It's legit, dude. Yep. So, like, you know, when we first kind of started, uh, I was telling Chris, I was like, you know, whatever we do, 
let's come up with something that can be iconic. And yeah. like when it comes to fishing, I was like, we need to have a hat that's going to be the hat. And so even now we call it the OG hat. Right. And so we went through, I, I scoured the internet, just looking at images and things that were out there, different hats. And uh, so I finally was like, Chris, what if we, what if we made like a patch? And I was like thinking of different colors because I was just, like I said, when you see that hat, I want people to think speckled truth. Right. right. And so I really did like painstakingly looked at different colors, shades, um, how the patch looked, the embroidery size. And whenever I designed it, we found a guy in Phoenix, like I'm talking, I had like a blueprint. Like I want this to be three quarters inch here. I want it to be this wide, white. Um, I said like even the stitching, I was like, I don't want white stitching. I want the same color as the hat. This is how I want it to look. And so I kind of had this idea in my head and when we got it, um, I mean, it took off. It's, it, I, I love that. Everybody loves yeah, that. And that yeah, thing, it's, it's, it's yeah, constant. It. It's a big seller. Like it constantly, consistently sells, you know, we so glad I just watched this because y'all are all looking at it. It was like <laughs> yellow a couple do, of days ago. Do you, again, same question for you though. Do you have a background in merchandising or design at um, all? Or is this just, again, you love it so much that you just know what it needs to be? No, no background really. Or YouTube. Kyle and I are kind of similar <laughs> in the respect that like I research everything. Yeah. Like even socks. Like I'll research socks. Like, about what that. type of material is it? Dry wig and what, I can what's going just on? I hear here? my wife right now. Like, yeah. he yeah. Does, I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm in Best Buy. If I'm buying something, I'm like, all right, I'm going to read all look about this one. Because yeah. you're not going to screw me over and give yeah. me something I didn't, I that I didn't know I could get. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's kind of a curse, but in the same sense, like once I do pick something out or make a decision, you know, it's good. Yeah. yeah. You're happy but, with it. Yeah. yeah. But it's everything about it, where it came from, when it started, everything. Who made it? Me and Ed, we can't walk in a store and buy something. Like, I'll walk in a store and I'll be like, like, man, that looks awesome. And then I'm going to go home and research it for like a week and I'm a half. I'm glad I'm not the only one with I that problem. I know. Like, just pull the phone out while you're sitting there and yeah. what are reviews on this guy? Yeah. yeah so thing. so that's that's killer, man. And like you said, you had it down. You had a blueprint. You knew exactly what you wanted when you were ready to order those those designs on everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I want to say, though, like the, the actual logo on that patch, just because uh, I love my bro, man. But um, for over the course of time, like me and him were kind of working together, but uh, he's actually a architectural design guy. He lives in North California. And so, but he's, I was, I was pushing Chris for a logo. I said, we need a logo. Yeah, we didn't right. have a logo. So, more, so we need something like now. Right. My brother on a, with his, uh, buddy, man, Mark Johnson, uh, he was also a designer for him. They own, he owns a company called Merge Studio. And so like literally they would go after drink a couple of Guna, uh, Lagunita, sorry, uh, over purple cans as they call it. And, uh, he literally drew that logo, man, on a napkin. And so he basically digitized it and then ultimately it became it. And so that's the first like no kidding logo that we had. And so it just kind of ran with it at that point. And then we've created a couple other kind of secondary and tertiary logos that kind of expand the brand in, in terms of that. But that's the OG, man. That's the OG logo, yeah. bar napkin and all. Are, are yeah. y Do you consider yourselves, obviously fishing, right? Obviously uh, the blogs that you write and everything, but as a company, is it going to be predominantly apparel? Is that where you're going to go for? Or are you going to do? That's just going to be one aspect of the company. So something that we we try to explain to people uh, is we don't make a profit off of this. Okay, like none, none yeah. of us do this for money. The, any money raised goes straight back into the speckled truth pot to 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 build the brand. Correct. And the, okay. the whole reason behind that is to promote conservation. But we don't shove that down anybody's throat. So. Any money that, like this boat show, is like the one time of the year like we get that bulk income. Like mm -hmm. last year, we did great. We we put a down payment for a website. It's about to be done, you know. And then we could we could build. We started being able to add different products, and we didn't want to be an apparel company, but 
you know, we have something that a lot of apparel companies wish that they had, and that's like, it's like a lifestyle. Right. You know, yeah, the apparel right. companies will start, following. and they they want that what what we got, and we're kind of like, man, like we're glad we got it, but we're not an apparel company. Well, it sounds to me yeah. like you built the audience first, yeah. and then started demoing yeah. products to them. So, well, the apparel kind of serves two purposes. One, I mean, we do get some revenue, but it's also great for branding and marketing. Yeah, you I know? mean, like I say, these- you see our hats out, it's. Advertising. Well, a lot of yeah. these questions are selfish, and because and, and, we're, we're going through the we're same thing notes. right now. Yeah, hey, we're you know, we've, we've rolled out a shirt. It's just a logo shirt. It's not yeah. anything complex, but we're looking to get into hats and stuff like that. So uh, it's good to see. When I found, I think you told me about them yeah. or, or Josh. I don't remember who. And I start going through there. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. I mean, y'all are light years ahead of where we're at, but it's it's what we want to do as well. Well, I live here, so if y'all ever want to talk, <laughs> we right, can go fishing for sure. And talk yeah, about for it. sure. But but outside of that, though, I mean, really, it goes back to it's really for the love of the resource. And so that's what we perpetually tell each other is that like, yeah, we're, we're earning them like some money that goes back into our citation programs and goes into like the different programs that give back to the anglers. And, and really that's what it's about, man, because honestly, man, conservation is not for sale. Right. It doesn't have a price tag. And, and the, the investment I think that we've all made collectively, one with our time and with our own money and effort is that by going to talk to people at a Biloxi boat show and having live trout sitting there yeah. and talking and, and showcasing that that fish is a precious resource and that you uh, can take an active approach and basically safeguard that. And so it's not catch and release everything. Our mon- our mantra is take what you need and release the rest, But on a, which means you can enjoy that as far as table fare. But outside of that, though, man, is like if you catch a big fish, release that fish and you can make a difference because to me i love it dude i'm so passionate about mm-hmm. yeah. uh trophy speckled trout and just targeting them and and when you get a hold of them and get a chance to release them there is no better drug in the world man and so when you get out there and you start talking to people you know that that stuff's not for sale dude and so everything that we do and everything we communicate and earn and everything else goes back to those anglers to basically Tell them, hey, look, you you take an active pro- approach into taking care of your resource. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we have grandeur plans of of growing the brand to some extent to where this could be no kidding a livelihood. Right. But outside of that, I mean, we're we're still working towards that, right? But that's what we want to do. But it all boils down to our our basic thing, and that is just promoting the conservation of the resource, and that is something we'll do. Whether I take one cent from right. this whole endeavor, I don't care. I just want a fishery for my kids to go and enjoy. And I'm sure these guys will say the same. Um, I was gonna say like, one cool thing about fishing, um, as opposed to the hunting and fishing, is the experiences. You can recycle it by releasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And not only that, but you know, the next time that fish goes out and grows, you know, that experience gets even better. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of what we we try to do is like promote a culture where it's like share your story, share your experience and, you know, pay it forward. Um, cause I mean, we, we fish, that's not, that's not kind of, we're not saying don't keep any fish, you know, right. and that's wrong. It has nothing really to do with it. It's about, you know, being, you know, conservationist, but also, you know, thinking about the future and really being a little selfish that letting, I want experience catch an eight pound trout that he caught and, yeah. you know, same thing, just it's Especially shareable. He tagged or something like right. that. Y'all do a lot of tagging too, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And hunting, you can't do that. You know, you shoot a deer, it's done. Right. Right? right? But with fishing, you can release and keep it going. The the, the power of social media, um, you know, is tremendous. And it kind of sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, like y'all are saying, 
keep what you need to eat, right? Anybody saying don't eat speckle trout because they taste amazing, Delicious. right? But would you say like, and I'm, and I'm thinking of this too right now, looking at y'all's Instagram page, y'all are mainly single fish, big fish, you target big trout, right? But I've seen some flack in some Facebook groups that I'm in with people doing that big spread with all the fish just yeah. all over their boat and posting those photos multiple times because that has power, right? And if that continues to breed as a right as a as a as a as a way of showing off a trophy right to continuously put those out you, sounds to me like y'all are doing it in a different way yeah. like hey let's let's celebrate these fish but maybe Let in a co conservation minded way we're trying to way. change that right that's what i'm saying right <laughs> you, it's a yeah, slow you process it, to get that a change yeah and dude celebrating and so I'm, I'm a man i'm from southeast louisiana and i grew up with my dad who's a great trout fisherman and in 1995 man we kept 11,000 trout and 124 trips mm -hmm. and so we've everything that came over the 11,000 yeah just I, making sure you caught that yeah, yeah yeah and so dude we like but that was i think i read that on your site that was that is the mindset and i'm not i'm not saying that that's bad unfortunately it's we not just sustainable though man. we just well we did it because that was kind of our way of showing success. That's what I'm, yeah. And so, yeah, with social media, it's getting to your point, is like a single fish, and, and I'll use Tofield Bourgeois and Brandon Carter. I'm going to dime out. They probably won't listen to this. One definitely won't because rest in peace, man, but Tofield Bourgeois just recently passed, and so I pray for him often. But outside of that, uh, he caught a beautiful trout, man, uh, right actually before he passed, and I remember this distinctly. And he's holding a big, beautiful trout out from Chandelier, and it got like almost 400 likes, almost 120 something shares, ton of comments. This is before he passed, right? And Brandon Carter, a very, very notable guide out of Venice, Louisiana, uh, he's posting dock shots every day. But the power of social media and a single fish versus, a, so a big fish, right. or let's say a seven pounder, right. as opposed to 100 dinks, yeah. you know, fi uh, 15 or 12 to 15 inch fish. Um, and 80 something like so if from a guide perspective if you're looking to book trips it isn't necessarily the volume of fish it's about the experience yeah. that people have with you as a charter captain that's the importance and i think that's where the industry has kind of lost that bubble and we're trying to bring that we're trying to maybe burst that bubble right. and bring it back and say dude it's not about meat hauling man right. you can definitely take you can bring clients and catch what you need and if they want to take them that's fine but in terms of launching a boat and pushing your boat off the skids just to go catch a limited trout, if that earmarks your success, whether you need them or not, you need to do something different. That limited yeah. out term, right? Yeah. Everybody, I limited out today. We limited yeah. out, right? That that to me makes your brand even that much cooler, man. To hear yeah. that, to hear that part of it, because I haven't quite thought of it that way until we start talking, and that, that's that's a whole other well, ballgame. This is what everybody wants to do: is come home and take a picture and say, "Look at all the fish I caught." Right. Well, you know the, the y'all can change. Y'all can change that. Is yeah. we've 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 all been there, right? Yeah. We we yeah. all like, and that's what we're trying to change on like a huge scale, and it's it's a it's a crazy goal. But when you when you start getting into fishing. You know, you, and, and you get, especially trout fishing, your goal is to get a limit. Right. right. Why? Why? Yeah. You, Joe, nobody knows why. Joey's never done it. <laughs> so he, <laughs> still working on it. But, always too shy. That, that is always, always your shy. goal. So we, we want to change that. Your, your, your goal, and, and when you start targeting big trout, you, number one, your mindset is it has to be on point. You have to want, you have to be satisfied with just getting a hit. Right, like, and it's got to be a hit from a big trout. But when you get that mindset, and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to fish for hours. 
Yeah. And if I get one blow up or one hit and I know it's a big trout and I saw it, and even if I lost it, that's good enough for me, yeah. that's when you will start consistently catching big trout. And it's hard. It really – I get tired of it yeah. sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Chris doesn't, but I do sometimes because I fish for everything. I right. fish yeah. offshore. I fish for everything. But sometimes I get a little aggravated. Sometimes I'm like, man, this 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 shit, this shit's pissing me off. That, that, that's <laughs> what well, I guess it's a whole different mindset because I mean, you, when you go for those dink trout, you just sit around all day, depending on where you're at, throwing popping corks, blah blah blah, making a ton of noise. The big trout, you almost got to be stealthy, stink up. I mean, you can't. Oh that, man, you it's, got, it's a totally different game. You know what I'm saying? So many factors. It's ridiculous. Completely different fish. It's not right. even close. For pe- yeah, people that are new to, to like our listeners that maybe don't speckle trout fish a lot, can you tell like explain the differences like Joey's saying uh, in technique and like you're saying patience is going to be a huge thing, right? Targeting just that big fish. Yeah. Um, patience, discipline. Also, one thing is you got to be willing to leave small fish to go chase big fish, right? And if you say, tell that to somebody, it sounds counterintuitive and crazy. Like, I got to leave a good bite to go find. Yeah. a big fish and you know risk catching nothing right and like i mean it's craziness yeah the big ones eat the small ones so where you're catching small ones you're yeah. not likely to catch the big ones right so they usually run by themselves right uh, the big ones not necessarily okay uh I, first off we could be here for hours right and I yeah can write, i yeah. can write a dish <laughs> your eyes get blowing up i can, up. Can, of worms I can see you over there like itching yeah. itching Dude. scratching right ready to get on the, yeah so let's go let's hear it let's hear 100 yeah so it but it all boils down to mindset it depends on fishery right it depends on kind of your area but going back to your question which was mindset you gotta have you gotta shift your mindset into again being satisfied with that one big fish. And it's hard to explain until you actually experience it. And so I've, I've shared this before, but we had a, a friend of mine, he came with me down in South Texas, outside of Keith. Actually, he came with me too, but uh, he was a guy's redfish guy, Dario Villanueva, and, and he lives out of Beeville. And so he came with me one of the spots. He's been a long time follower, and so we fished. And so he's been, his biggest personal best trout was like 25 inches. And so he had been you know, learning as much as he could, reading all these different, you know, reports and watching videos and stuff like that. And so we kind of communicate a lot and I'm like, dude, just come fish with me. So he had had the passion, man. He had, he's like, dude, I just want to catch a big fish. And so finally we fished together. He's throwing a top water. He catches a 28 and dude, I mean, visibly shaking. Yeah. I mean, visibly shaking as he lands the fish and then, uh, he releases the fish. That's a great photo. He releases the fish. And the first thing he does after he's like gets up from the water, he looks at me, he goes, I want to do it again. Yeah. And dude, it's like, I mean, he's like, I still get get it again. Yeah. yeah. Because it's hard to explain until you actually do it. Dude, you will never want to catch a dink trout again. And and, and instead of just those empty casks perpetually coming up empty. And then finally, when you stick it, go, when you see that head shake, you're like, oh, back to, you know, here we go. And so, but it takes a ton of discipline a ton of patience, a ton of perseverance. And that's where I think the trout as a fish, man, teaches us so much more about us being humans and and life, man, because all that stuff in terms of going approach them, man, it definitely reflects how we live and and things that we need to have in terms of qualities that we should have in terms of patience and perseverance yeah. and stuff like that. So makes ma- you slow a, down. Makes you slow down and look at some it. Some Master Jedi yeah. stuff right and, there. And yeah. something, <laughs> something that we want to, we try to tell people to make him realize, like he just saying, like that experience that that dude just had, right? Mm-hmm. So when you release that fish, you're giving that to another person. That's, right. that, that's what you got to think. Like when, when you got that fish, 
and everybody thinks, oh, I need to, I need to take it home. You know, I, I want to, even, even if you don't have a camera with you, you're out waiting, somebody wants proof or whatever. We just want you to sit there for a second and, and just bask in your accomplishment and right. then realize that when you release that fish, that somebody else gets to get that same feeling. Yeah, and it's, sweet. it's a, it's an amazing feeling. Maybe it's a little different than like with a, with a deer where you actually have to keep, you want to keep the horns, right? Is it, are you noticing that with anybody that you're talking to kind of about this new philosophy that, Hey, you know, a picture can do it, right? You don't, you're not actually mounting the physical fish, even if you get it mounted, I mean, right? A lot, a lot of them go to these fiberglass mounts. Anyway. Yeah, that's very rarely do they do. If you the, if the you flesh look mounts. at a good fiberglass mount next right. to a skin mount, you, like that excuse to to keep it yeah, for a mount, it just goes yeah, way out the window. Yeah, which right. I've seen some good skin mounts, yeah. yeah. But if you've seen some good fiberglass mounts, right. like it, it is amazing. New wave taxidermy. I mean, if you've never seen one of their mounts mm -hmm. in person, when you look at them, you're like, oh my god, like they're amazing and. Same thing, length, girth, right? Pictures, maybe some you know different characteristics, maybe some markings on the fish that they had. They'll replicate right. that. Yeah. Well, man, a lot. They look so freaking good, and they last forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so no there's really, there's really no need. Now, some people. Now, here's the here's another thing is like if some somebody does catch a big fish, right, and they do gut hook, like get it hooked down deep, right. or they gill hook it, or something like that. Don't release a fish yeah. just because you get. You've, it's feel good to kind of release that fish. That fish is going to die harvest right. that fish. Yeah. I mean, but for the most part, do what you can to take care of it while you catch it and then give it its best chance of survival if that's your intent. That's one of the bad things or bad feelings about like snapper fishing is when you try to, yeah. you know, you got to release them or whatever and you watch them float away from the boat and you there's nothing you can do about it if you've already got yeah. your limit. You Shark know, or smashes them. They're not big enough to keep or something. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess that is the yeah. circle of life, circle I guess, life. but still doesn't make me feel any better. No. So, so big trout, big trout. What's a big trout for y'all? Because I know y'all do a dirty thirty, right? Is that that's is that what it's called? So we we run two programs. Okay. Uh, Start so with the first. Started with dirty thirty. Tell them that. Story. Okay. Okay. So they evolved. Is that what y'all consider a big trout? Thirty inches, no. right? Or no. So I mean, first off, and you don't consider a thirty inch trout a big trout. <laughs> well, like, yes, of hold on a second. Where are we going here? Yeah. Yeah. That's do, not the do, bottom do of the things right, changed right, 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 and we don't right, know right, this. No. Yeah, he <laughs> upped the ante. By the way, not that much of trout's now. That's right. Guys. No, but yeah, of course. But um, it's really the personal angler. I mean, it, whatever that personal best is, if they catch that, or so it might be right. twenty two. If they catch twenty three, that's a big fish to that person. Yeah. But I would, for us. Uh, we'll, I'll start with Dirty 30. So when we started Dirty 30 Citation Program, that was back in what, now th we're in our third year. And so we wanted to get an idea of how many 30-inch fish were caught uh, across all the estuaries from Virginia to South Texas. And so we and wanted- This is just based on who we reach, by the way. Yeah, right, like, but, right. But, you know, our right. following wasn't as big as it is now as it was then, but, but carry So on. the first, yeah. So the first year we actually captured 59, uh, data points. And so we asked a person's, uh, name, address, uh, date, caught, length, uh, um, weight, if they have it, lore and in location and whether that fish was released. And we're just trying to get some kind of quick analytics. And so when we saw that, okay, 59 of, of who we reach is that's 30 inch fish captured. And we sent, we sent them like a dirty 30 sticker. Yeah. yeah and so, great. It was just a sticker. And so what we found is like those pictures actually reach a lot of people. And so we know a lot of people in the tackle business. And so reaching out to them and said, hey, what are your thoughts about maybe doing like a dirty 30 box? And so we'll send out this, the, the dirty 30 sticker, but they donate the product to the program. Yeah. And it's more of an incentive for people to want to participate because we want to capture the data, but they get the reach associated with that. 
And then last year we started the uh, trophy trout citation program, which is for 27 inch trout and above, and that's per state. And so that is a state sticker. So if you're fishing Alabama, you catch 27. As long as you have the measurements, you send those to us, we'll send you a sticker. We won't send you a box, we'll send you a sticker. And so the value there though is like, hey, a 28 inch trout in Alabama or Mississippi is like a 30 in That's Texas. That's a big trout. It yeah. is, right? And so yeah. there's, a, there's a valuable data point to capture there because why did that fish that's that's large for that particular area, why did it eat and all these other various characteristics versus just a 30 inch fish? Yeah. And so we want we grew our data set tremendously. And so uh, this year we're, we're doing it again. And so I think at this point, last year in just Texas alone, we had 174 state citations, and then we had, I think, closer to like 50-something actual dirty 30s. How many uh, from some, Mississippi? Uh, we had <laughs> one. Yeah. We, we had one dirty 30. I saw the, th- kid, the guy on a kayak, right? No. Was, was That wasn't him? I no, we had, him. no, this guy was wading. I'm not going to say where, but okay, he, yeah. he was wading at one of the islands, and he, and he got, a, got a big one. Is that, that the nice. only one ever in Mississippi? That's been reported to us, yeah. yes. Dirty 30. Now, we've had uh, state citations, though. We've had close to a dozen. And the only way you can get these stickers is through y'all's program, yeah. right? You you can't just buy them. You mm-hmm. gotta, no. that's, yeah, and that's right. a cool. People ask yeah, a lot. They want to buy this. Yeah, stickers. Like, they no, want to earn it, bro. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I man. saw the sticker. It's pretty badass. Got to earn it, man. Yeah. yeah. And so sweet. also just on another side, and this is not the reason we do it, but just for y'all, like y'all were talking about, y'all were trying to build y'all stuff. So right. that gives us content the best content we can provide 100 so yeah. not only do we get to do this and do the data but it's also content for us that we don't have to do right you know you send it you got to send us the picture anyways right so we get to post that and it just dude it's a win-win all around yeah. it, it it, really and people is. like seeing our picture shared which is great we love sharing it because it, it again it kind of uh talks to our message which again is trophy trout but a lot of our followers obviously by virtue of kind of following us is they typically kind of give back to the resource, and so they're they're releasing those fish. And so, dude, what better way, win-win-win, of catching a fish, they get something in return, right. uh, we get the content outside of that, and then, then obviously taking care of the fishery. And so we're promoting that as well. Are y'all uh, working with any kind of Department of Marine Resource? Are y'all managing all your data internally? Like, h- how does that work? So, yes, we're managing all of our data internally. Okay. So, so no, nobody that – there's been like studies on big trout, like the Hart Institute in Texas. Mike McBride was involved with some of those, like acoustic tagging big trout and things like that. But we did a lot of digging. I do a lot of stuff with uh, Gulf Coast Research Lab yeah. here, yeah. and uh, I asked around, and, and there's just not uh, there's there's not really a, a big concern, really. I guess you could say for big trout studies. That's weird. So, in 2020, so, you thought that would have been explored, you know? Well, you got red snapper. Yeah, <laughs> so, always, that's, that's where all the funding goes. Fish. Yeah, but well, there, there are programs here, GCRL. You know, we uh, I'm also uh, the president of the Ship Island chapter for CCA here, Coastal okay. Conservation Association, and we um, we do trout releases. You know, we we help provide. We do a brute stock tournament where we catch trout, turn them in live, and they raise them at the hatchery, and then they release them here. So we do it. Yeah. We do that too. So there are some things with trout, but just the big trout specific. As far as we know, we're the only ones that are collecting data like that on big trout. That's pretty awesome. I mean, if there is somebody else we'd like to know, it'd be (laughs) cool to team up with them. Reach out. Let's collab. These programs that y'all do, it's free. 
right? For anybody who wants to participate. All you have to do is... It costs us. That's why we're here on the show, but that's okay. Shipping is not free. Shipping boxes is not free. We learned. We're shipping t-shirts. Do you have to pre-register for it, or just when you catch one, send it to y'all during these months? It just has to, like, you know... When we started the program, we had a lot of people trying to turn in stuff from like years ago. You know, yeah. we're like, sorry, man, yeah, like okay. beautiful yeah. fish, but yeah. this is this is for this year. Like, and the reason was like for the data, so we can see the trends. You know, th- these this many got caught this year. Here's the data on it. This many got caught, and we're trying to look for those different. Trends. Do you, do you, yeah. Go ahead. And so the idea is like, okay, we've started it. We had to start it somewhere. The idea is to keep this thing rolling, right? And so if we ca- if we capture 10 years worth of data, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, man, we have this enormous data set. But outside of that, we can maybe take a look holistically at the data set and then see maybe just in Texas with the citations and 30s they have or here in Mississippi or collectively, hey, what was going on in this in this estuary? You know, why did they have a dip in 2022 yeah. when 2024 was really high? And actually, we're seeing a little bit of that in, in the what I've studied here in Texas, and so I know this is Mississippi, but what it's easy to study Texas because the volume of citations that have been submitted are right, awesome. Right, you got more data. And so, the cool, and I'll talk about it in the citation analytics part of our, at our boat show, but one of the cool things is we have it broken down by the, the different parts of the state in Texas. So upper coast, middle coast, upper Laguna Madre, and lower Laguna Madre, if you kept following. And so middle coast is East Matagorda Bay and Matagorda Bay. And so those are two different base systems, and that runs all the way to Port Aransas. Well, they had almost double every other part of the coast. And so I was like, okay, what's going on here? Is like, And so I went back, I did a little research, and it turns out that since 2013, they were actually, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife were releasing up to 6 million f- trout fingerlings in East Matagorda Bay, which is not a very large base system. And so there's two two talking points to that out and one of them is, one, can a state agency actually grow a trophy trout fishery? Because we're seeing a huge volume of almost like a, a spike uh, yeah. of, of big fish caught and, and reported in that area. But outside of that, is that sustainable? And so if they quit um, pumping those fish, pumping in, those there. fish in there, are we going to see that go down? Well, there's only one way to tell, and that's through our data. And right. so if right. they stopped, if we see that, that curve starting to kind of taper down, we maybe see something. But it might give credence to Texas Parks and Wildlife to like, hey, you can yeah. actually grow a trophy trout fishery. That's cool. We so. have we have we've had uh, Brian Butler on on the show. Yeah. He's uh, works at Ocean Springs High School, and they do an aquaculture program, and they grow some uh, trout and different fish and Triple stuff. Triple tail. Too. They do a bunch of. Yeah. Them. They, they do a good job over there. Yeah, they do a really good job. And I've seen photos of them releasing them around here. I don't think it's near the volume like what yeah. you're talking about, but yeah. they but they have a program. Kids that are interested in it have that outlet now, you know, and uh, can go into those as a career field. All the all yeah. everything that's associated with that. Yeah, and so I mean, also with the the citation data is we're so a lot of the theories that we heard as anglers, especially as big trout anglers, with regards to like moon phase, the best time to target a big yeah. fish is right before full moon, and so uh, you can only catch them in the springtime, or you know, you can only catch them on a corky in the winter time, and like all these different things that you hear. There's no proof tales. behind any of that, right. dude. There's right. none. So it's we're all theoretical. That proof. Fish right. tales. Boom. What I don't think could we touch on a couple specifics about targeting those big trout that's different than just regular you know sure. trout fishing? Can you t- tell us a little bit about that? The technique involved, like I remember reading your article and like you said, you mentioned earlier, like being quiet, coming up on them, uh, that there won't be probably associated with a bunch of other uh, smaller trout. And I want to say I read something that they tail around with redfish. Did I did I make that up? No. So I mean, there's again, there's so many kind of theories out there, but 
Yeah. So first off, my own personal theories is yes, absolutely. In terms of big trout, big trout are savages. Right. <laughs> I've said this yeah. a million times and we were actually talking to Angelos and it, like the trout that they'll throw at the Gulf Coast Research Lab, they'll actually devour smaller trout. Right. I mean, they're just That's what Brian told us. Ridiculous. He said when they're little, they start that they, stuff. He said they're aggressive. They are crazy. And so, yeah, I think as they grow and, and once they start kind of getting big enough, they can kind of more or less fend, fend for themselves. Mm -hmm. But in terms of approach, oh my God. I mean, how I approach a day in, in, a, in an area in, in terms of technique in Texas is completely different than how Ed you know, goes and fishes the islands or, or here locally and, and how Keith, you know, goes and targets him now in a nature's been over in Florida. And so the, the commonality though, is you just got to be persistent. You got to be patient and you got to think a little bit outside the box. That's really the thing. And so like for me, uh, like fishing right now in Texas, we've been on a really great string of like really big fish consistently, but I've been throwing actually like lip jerk baits. And that's something that in the the Texas coast, they don't throw a whole lot. And so what I did is uh, trying to think a little bit more outside the box, although lip jerk baits have been around the bass fishing scene forever. Yeah. Right. And so, but there's some uniqueness and there's some characteristics and capabilities that the Texas coast provides that allows you to fish that bait a little bit differently in terms of one, it's salty. So the water's super dense. So it, a lot of those baits that are suspending are slow rising now. Mm -hmm. And so now you start to understand technique in your area and now you're starting to then apply it and all of a sudden what you find is maybe some this is a technique that some of these fish haven't necessarily seen but you do that man through time in the water you yeah. gotta spend time in the water you gotta just continue to study and understand but really timing oh my god um it all boils down to like moon phase and cylinder periods so that, so that was one of the ones that actually does make sense is that what you're saying 100 percent. yeah, yeah. y'all mostly weighed Y'all are mostly weighed fish, right? Well, what what's interesting is that, and something else I want to add to with Chris's besides the persistence and patience is uh, confidence, right? Oh, yeah. So you got four guys right here. Mm -hmm. None of us fish the same. We all use different gear. We all use different baits. Whatever his favorite bait, bait is, right. I've probably never thrown it. Like Chris is throwing lip baits. I don't like lip baits. Ed's a corky master. I'm like, yeah, corkies are pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. every, it, it's it, your confidence and, and your lure is like, it's crazy. It's like, it's, it's a mental thing. It really is. Right. Like you, you, I envision like when I'm working a lure, like I'm envisioning how it's working in the water column. I have no idea if I'm correct or not. Right. But <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know what it's doing, but I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I know it's doing this. And then boom. And I'm like, yes, I was right. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I was right or not, but that's also a big thing too. But I, I personally, yes, I love waiting. Like if, if I'm yeah. going to go and I'm going to target big trout, especially here, I'm going to be waiting. But Keith's murder, yeah, not, not, yeah. not literally murdering him, but yeah, he's catching a ton of big trout all that right conservation now. Talk? <laughs> he's catching a ton of big trout right now out of a boat. So there's just so many factors, but that boils down to confidence. You yeah. know, like I have more confidence waiting. You know, maybe his spot he can't wade. Maybe he can, but maybe he's just like, Screw it! I can catch him out of the boat, so I'm gonna catch him out of the boat. Yeah. You know? Or maybe it's just too muddy, and we get ways deep in this swamp mud, and and I, you know, I would love. Me to, and Ed were just doing that. Yeah. yeah. No, so I I learned uh, trout fishing in a kayak actually, and a lot of times I would hop out of the kayak and I'd wade a flat, and you know, really really pick it apart, and like, um, as I fished more often though, you know, I I didn't you know find a huge advantage over wading versus just sitting in the kayak. 
Um, but now that I've bought a skiff, I do find a lot of times where I, I'm jumping out of the skiff and, you know, I'll, I'll run across, you know, walk across the sandbar to get somewhere that I yeah. couldn't take my skiff across or, you know, get into some rocks where I don't want to bang my boat up. And yeah. So when I can, I do. Um, but I don't always wait and I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Now, how's y'all's water clarity where you're at? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I mean, it's crystal. It. <laughs> I mean, so, I, it's a whole it. different style of baits, everything yeah. else, different water. Yeah. So I, so I'm, I live right outside of Gainesville, Florida. Um, and I like to fish out of Steen Hatchie and uh, some of the Cedar Key and some of the areas around there. And I kid you not, as far north and as far south as you want to go, and even out directly out into the Gulf, you're just in grass. And it's crystal clear. I mean, I've been with these guys and they're like, oh man, the water's super clean. You know, I went, yeah. over, I went over to the island and it was super clean. I get out there and I'm like, dude, this looks like my tea. <laughs> yeah. You just see it's like, super clean to us. Right? I think, you just see it on a north wind. Yeah. It's like, I think we have an advantage here with that. I think like, like you know, it, and it could be, you know, over there in Florida, they got a ton more pressure too. But I mean, I think that it's easier to catch bigger trout here. You know, if you, if you have the knowledge, because they can't see anyone. as far maybe as well. well I mean, coming yeah, up it's, on just, them or? it's dirtier water, right. you know? I mean, those trout he's fishing for, I mean, they can see them from a mile That's away. What I'm saying, or, yeah. Or, yeah, or the, bait, the, the bait is like, they're like, that ain't real. I ain't <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that shit is right. fake. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Man. It's a finesse game. It really is. At least where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot different than other places that I fish. So I've actually only been in Gainesville for a, about a year and a half now, not even. Uh, before that, I lived in Pensacola, and that's where um, that's like when I began saltwater fishing. Period. I'm an Alabama transplant. I bass fished, you know, growing up a little yeah. saltwater here and there. But when I moved to Pensacola, I had my kayak and started fishing hard, and I just got lucky and, and caught a couple of big trout one night. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> how do I do that again?" Right. And Maybe. and so it just it just happened, and it was just an a progression for me i've always been really competitive and i've always been a hunter and so i learned that fishery and it's so much different it's not even remotely close to the fishery that i'm in now and yeah. and then just having just now spent two days fishing with chris in texas there's stuff in pensacola that looks almost identical to what we fished to you know yesterday and uh tuesday and it wouldn't be the same like this time of year it, it's just dead it's just, yeah. I mean, there's some great rock structure in Pensacola Bay, but they don't hold, you know, the big trout like it does over there. So it's That's cool. one estuary to the next is just tremendously different in the way they fish. So y'all, y'all fish before y'all headed this way, right? Y'all two fish? Yeah, Chris and I did. Any yeah, luck? yeah. Um, we had a we had a pretty good uh, two days. Uh, we started off. So Chris took me to, uh, you know. To his neck. I don't. I don't know where. Uh, don't say it. Don't you dare. GPS coordinates. Da, 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 I told him location yeah. services, man. Where are we at? Okay, yeah, yeah in the off. water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As my my good buddy Hunter would say, in yeah, the water. That's why we called him. But um, yeah. I mean, we fished hard Tuesday. Um, got out there, you know, right around noon, a little bit before. And uh, Chris was on a pretty solid, consistent bite all day. I kind of struggled. I didn't want to commit to the jerk bait. I. I kind of had some commit to the jerk bait. Yeah. I had yeah. some ideas. I really, I really wanted, yes, confidence. The first thing I threw on was, was a bait that I've been throwing a lot lately and I had ultra confidence in it and I got some bites, but I missed a couple fish on it. Um, but I also being, you know, just enthralled was like with how Texas fishes and wanting to see what happens. I had some things that I wanted to throw on my own just to see if they yeah. were. And so I struggled and I caught a few, 
but then right so we like we waited all the way a good stretch and then we come all the way back with nothing really great to show for it and then boom chris gets a bite and uh yeah a couple casts later man he's got a six pounder on the corky and then i go and i, I miss one and then boom another ca- a couple casts later he's got a six and a half seven pounder on the corky again and uh and yeah then he topped that again a third time so boom three giant <laughs> three giant fish corkies are deadly and he still didn't put a dirt bait on <laughs> yeah it. would have been like give me your uh, dirt bait yeah, chris yeah. give cut, me your yes. rod and reel right cut now cut it off cut yeah. it off man it, it goes back to confidence and so just working that stretch we worked it and then all the way back and then it was funny when i had that hit i i literally just put the jerk bait up I'd, I'd thrown it so much and then i figured okay if there's one here i'm gonna I'm throw a slow sink and, and try that corky and turns out man 26 27 28 later uh, it was good we fished all the way into the night though but what we found is there was a late late evening minor and it was right before dark and you pointed it out dude we're sitting there like in the dark it was clear it was not clear but it was calm and it was like right before that front had just pushed through and keith goes look up look up and i didn't even think about it but obviously we we're coming up into a full moon and the moon was like right overhead and so that's obviously minor and so it's sitting right overhead and uh trout time that was it and so I, honestly i don't fish at night in texas for for big fish and as, as it turns out man our biggest fish which was crazy because it was pretty close to the launch site we'd found him piled up and then the next day he ended up sticking one it was like five and a half 26 inches right that's literally crazy. in that same spot man that's great we, we we oh man we yeah, worked hard so, got your exercise not, in that day yeah um both days yeah uh yesterday was was snotty i mean it was cold it was blowing hard it it was not uh not you know for the faint-hearted um but it, you know it paid off i finally got you know like chris said a pretty good fish and and i was happy that it finally paid off but the first night i i love gator trout fishing at night man and i yeah. uh i had some good friends uh back when i was in pensacola um share with me about swim baiting for them and and so i just fell in love with with throwing big swim bait for trout at night and unfortunately was not prepared to be out there that night i didn't have like my bread and butter so i just was throwing you know what i'd had confidence in recently i didn't have any corkies like chris was throwing otherwise i'd have been chucking does but right now the corkies this is that's y'all get different corkies right the paul browns that you buy at say the box store are totally different than the ones y'all are getting or y'all no. y'all paint them or what do y'all do different with with the ones that y'all usually bring to the boat show yeah no so um lowell odom owns original custom corky and texas custom lures it's really two different companies but lowell owns them both and so he's a a very very notable uh, guy in texas and so what he does is he has a really really strong friendship with eric botnick for a long time uh owner of mirror lore and so he was the original custom corky guy and what that means is like when he started uh having a fat boys custom painted mm-hmm. he had them coming from eric and uh at mirror lore and so he had these different colors that they had created over the course of time jay watkins is one of them jay watkins series uh but him, Lowell and Jay Watkins grew up in like the same neighborhood and Jay Watkins a legend and so what they did is him and Jay kind of paired up and created these colors uh, that they have in part of the original custom Corky line and right. so we've been able to and, and fortunate man at Lowell kind of supports us uh, and so what he does is he sends us a bunch of stuff to kind of sell in the booth and they're originals that you really can't buy anywhere else I mean you can buy them on like the Waterloo Pro Shop or Johnny's sports shop or Roy's bait and tackling corpus, but 
you're going to pay 15 bucks in shipping. Yeah. And so you can come to the yeah. boat show, still buy a $15 Corky original custom, but you're not going to pay shipping. And so that's kind of part of the deal, but you just don't have access to these customs like most other anglers do, particularly in Texas, you know? Yeah. yeah. What uh, You mentioned the boat show. Um, what can people expect? That's going to be this Saturday. Uh, well, this whole weekend. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Uh, it starts tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to get this up by like tomorrow. That way it's still time relevant. Um, but what can they, people expect to see from y'all that y'all have a booth? Is that correct? And uh, what, like, t- what type of things y'all going to be telling everybody that come out? We so, have a giant trout. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw One. a so, of that. So we started the first boat show that we decided to do. I'm going to go back a little bit. Yeah. The first boat show we decided to do, um, I don't even know who came up with it. I really don't. Was it Ed? Was it or Chris? What? So we were like, we got to do something to like oh, wow everyone. That was me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we were, it was you? Yeah. It was. So Chris was like, what if we caught some big trout and put them in a tank alive at the boat show? And I was like, killer idea. I was like, uh, <laughs> all right, was, you know, we yeah. can try it. Yeah. And lo and behold, we did. We, yeah. we caught three, what were they? Three, five pounds, three, sure. five pound trout the week before, like the week Days of the of, boat yeah. show. Like the day before. We caught the last one the day of. Yeah, the day of. Yeah, that yeah. morning, yeah, actually. We caught yeah. it at like 11 and we were back at one. Yeah. Wow. So we, uh, and I, thankfully, you know, all the stuff I do at the research lab, I kind of had a little training on how right, to handle these right, fish and, yeah. and I had to have a big 120 quart ice chest with a big aerator and everything in it. And so we were real careful with it. And this dude came in so clutch. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He shows up with these two chicks and they, I know, it's right. Clutch. That's, that's yeah, it right that's there. That's that's story. Story. Yeah, yeah. Say no more. So Super he clutch. shows up with these two chicks and their job is to like maintain the tanks at Bass Pro Shops. Oh shit. And, and so yeah, they, yeah. they, they show up and he's, they running, get, he's running that Bass Pro Shop racket yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through that scene. So they show up and they get everything set up and they're like, gunk, they, they love it. They're as passionate about that as we are about trout. Wow. So wow. they're like, we're, this is going to be perfect. We're going to put, we're going to put sand in here, all this stuff. So we had these three trout and um it was it was exactly what we thought it was going to be that first year dude that booth was so busy it was ridiculous because people would walk by and they'd like kind of see a trout or whatever and then they'd be like what what like yep that's a five pound trout a lot of people never even seen one yeah so this year we got a 27 inch like almost eight pound trout in there it's massive it's so big so and that's we we started partnering with the research lab because uh we like to we like what they do. They like what we do. They support us. And we support them. And that's to help bring awareness of their program. Like I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, when they do these trout releases, I was talking about and CCA is involved and the DMR is involved. We're releasing like 150,000 trout. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So like he was talking about Texas is doing there. We're doing the same thing here. Right. And there's a lot of people here that don't even know that. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to help promote that too. So this was a trout that they, it was caught in a, a CCA, one of the live catch tournaments I was talking about, and it was uh, it was grown in the lab, and it's been breeding trout for years. Wow, and sweet. and they just they feed the hell out of them there, and they're just super fat, which yeah. is awesome. That like that's the that's the main talking point is like that was an angler that participated in a CCA event, brought in a trout that they caught from the Bay St. Louis complex, and then turned it into the research lab. Research lab spawns the fish. Now it's like eight pounds right, right? Yeah. and like coming so, around full circle dude, right? so, years yeah, later right like there you go man like yeah. and so it's just a lot of people don't necessarily realize like that's what the GC, gcrl does yeah. you know and so that's what we like to do but i mean addition to that at the booth um we're gonna do a couple of seminars okay uh so we're gonna uh we're gonna do a couple of like line and leader knots 
Uh, but we're also going to talk about terminal tackle, and then we're going to break some of that, uh, the citation data down. We have some slides with some um, – we've run some, like, pivot tables, and it's got, like, some graphs and stuff. It's pretty cool. And what you do is you just kind of talk about some of the trends that you would see with yeah. regards to, like, moon phase and yeah. lore selection by year and all that stuff. And so we get to share a little bit of that. And then uh, tomorrow I'll do uh, – a, a talk more so talking about like lore variants and so like different types of lures and how they fish differently and how you can apply them so I'll, and another, another another cool thing in that if you come to the show you, you're gonna see what i'm about to tell you is uh if you ever fish like trout tournaments too right so you know we we put out all this information about big trout right but if you don't follow us, you're not on social media, it's like, where else are you going to get that information? Like right. at a big trout tournament, at a weigh-in or a captain's yeah. meeting. And you, you start building that camaraderie. And you're going to have people that are come going to come to talk to us or see it or whatever. And then they're going to hang out. And then you, know, you, you don't know. You could be talking to, like, the best trout fisherman on the coast yeah. there and not even know it. And he could be telling you things that you're, you're not going to learn anywhere else. So right, right. that's another cool thing that happens is – we all kind of get a little too caught up. Like we'll be like talking to somebody and then it's like an hour later. We're like, yeah. all right, dude, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, I gotta, get back gotta get back yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get back to the booth here. But yeah. that, that's another cool part of it is that it's that, you know, we get to share our stuff. People share, I learn stuff from it every year. I tell people come up and tell me stuff and I'm like, I'm, I'm literally going <laughs> to yeah. try that. Right. Like, but, yeah. And that was the original intent was to literally talk to people about speckled. That's it. Speckled that was the trout. only point of the booth. The, the first only year. reason, cause we had a little bit of a following is like, we bought a booth in Mary Bland. I said it before when I bought the booth from her, she was like, and what are you selling? <laughs> and we're like, like nothing nothing yeah so what are you doing a good time right yeah. <laughs> we're right. just talking to talking people fishing. about trout fishing and she's like whatever and right. now mary's like good to see you yeah, you know yeah. thank god y'all are here we yeah got like what i think is probably the best booth yeah. every year like yeah. when you when you first come in the gates you're gonna be able to see us like yeah. we're, it's that good of a booth yeah. so it's pretty awesome but it's not to sell you stuff it's not to do all that stuff although that's great and it helps but really, if you want to learn how to tie an FG knot or a loop knot, or if you want to talk about in, and hold, like physically hold our rods and reels and see what we're talking about, mm -hmm. and that helps you maybe make a determination on the next rod and reel buy right. or uh, something you might see, well, okay, that's what a top, top water rod feels like. That's the chance to ask those questions, man, carte blanche. You can't like, do that watching a YouTube video. No. And, and you can't. And, and like we're, you know, I think personal and humble enough to like, dude, it's like, ask those questions. We want to talk to you about it. We want to share that knowledge as opposed to like being an attorney Jersey man. And just like, you know, kind of right. off to the side yeah. and kind of like, no man, that's not what it's about, man. We're here to teach and talk and promote and all that stuff, man. So that's why we got it. And that's why we want to continue to do it. You know, I love that's it. That's awesome, man. Um, people that are listening, where can they, where all can they find you? I mean, we mentioned the Instagram page, uh, website, Website right now, uh, which is going to transfer, but it's still going to be thespeckletruth.com, Instagram, and Facebook. That's it. That's your three. That's it, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, man, thank y'all so much for killer. stopping by. We really appreciate I it. Know, coming down here uh, and giving back, like, all the information that y'all are doing, the conservation, like, the cool apparel. I guess yeah. it, we're imp I'm impressed, personally, man. Go I'm, get I'm, the OG awesome. hat. Yeah. The OG. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for y'all. see you tomorrow, I'll give you a hat. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We'll, yeah, be, there we'll definitely be there Saturday. We'll be there Saturday. Um, sure. but, but thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching and listening. Um, and until the next one.